Well, hey, good morning. How are we doing? Hey, I love that. You know what? I tell you what, you guys are killing it. I just, I mean, watching the young people greet each other when they come to church, there's high fives and hugs. And I think we adults can learn a lot from that. Just like being so excited to see one another. And this hopefully, I just want to see the whole section. And then they'd also have to just figure out where they're going to sit. So you guys are doing great. I love it. Keep it going. Um, we had, as we said a couple of weeks ago, or last week, we had an incredible retreat. God's doing incredible things in our young people. And it, we had over 125 kids to come to young, uh, the underground this weekend or this past week. It was amazing. God's on the move. I want to ask you a question as we get started this morning. Have you ever tried to help somebody that came to you because they were, they were hurting? They were in a situation where something wasn't going right. It could be that there was trouble in their marriage or trouble in a relationship or trouble with their kids or trouble with their parents or maybe their finances were out of control and they wanted you to help them. They wanted advice and you were kind of listening patiently and they were just venting. And then you kind of tried to give them some advice, but you could realize at some point in the conversation that they weren't going to listen to anything you said. You ever been there before? It's like, they're, they're, they are not going to really listen. Or, or, um, or let me flip it around. How many of us, that's us actually, right? Like, <laughs> we're the ones asking for help. And, uh, you know, the person's listening. And they're giving us probably pearls of wisdom. I mean, they might be giving us the exact thing we need, right? But we're not really ready to put it into practice, right? Have you been there before? Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Why is making changes so hard? Why is it so hard to really change? Even when we know we aren't where we want to be, maybe, like I said, it's something that's painful. It's a pain point in our life, and we wish it was different. And we even know, I bet that person could help us. I've seen them actually do better in this area, right? Like, but why is it so hard to make changes? Why is that difficult? I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about this really kind of critical thing that a lot of times we're not thinking about when we are in that painful moment. Because when we're in the painful moments, when we're having the, 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 the stress at work that doesn't get better, or when we're, we're really figuring that, man, our anxiety is out of control, or uh, we're, uh, uh, an addiction or a habit is just getting the better of us, in the middle of those moments, it's hard to sometimes think clearly. And what we, what we always see is the thing we're in, but we're not really looking at the bigger picture. Today, I want to ca cause us to take a step back and look at the whole picture. And I got a really simple teaching that I think will be really critical for us if we really want to make some effort and really want to make some changes and see God do some transformation. And this is the big idea. What fills me forms me. What fills me, forms me. And we're going to unpack that today. I want to look at something Jesus said that sometimes we just read past because there's a long list of things and we can kind of lose sight of what he's saying. But this is in, in Mark chapter seven, and this is a powerful teaching that Jesus points out. He says this, he then added, uh, and he then added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. Let's all say this, for from within. Okay, let's all say that, right? For from within, there it is, out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, 
theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Then he goes on, he says, all these vile things come, let's say it, from within, and they are what defile you. What Jesus is really saying here is, is what's, whatever's filling you is forming you, right? Whatever's, come, whatever's on the inside of you is what's either transforming you or deforming you. And when our lives are filled with all the things that Jesus just described in our hearts, what comes out of that life, what comes out of that heart, what comes out of that mouth are the things that have been filling that person's life and now they're showing up. It's the fruit that's, that, that we see when those things are, are pouring out of our life. I heard it said, we're either liberated or we're locked up based on what's inside of you. Man, when there's peace, when there's joy, when there's patience and self-control, when those things are inside of you, you feel at peace, you feel free, right? Uh, you might be in the same situation that maybe you were in five years ago, but you don't feel as locked up. Because instead of anger and anxiety and all the other things, there's been a transformation of the inner person. I want to show you what Paul writes in Romans chapter 1. He's describing a world that has decided that God isn't necessary and what fills the void when God isn't a part of our life. He says, since they thought it's foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking. And let them do things that should never be done. And then here's the list. Their lives, let's all say this, became full of every kind of wicked sin or wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. It's a similar list to what Jesus says, right? The point is, is that our lives can become full of all kinds of things. What fills us Let's all say it, forms us. Later in the book of Romans, Paul says these words. He says in verse uh, chapter 6, 18, he says, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. I want to point out something else about this state that we're in. When we let ourselves become filled with all the wrong things, it doesn't stay static. It grows, right? The ever-increasing wickedness, right? What fills me forms me, and what fills me begins to deform me. Ever-increasing wickedness. So I want to talk about this spiritual law that we're seeing in the scripture, in the spiritual law is this. You reap what you, yeah, you all know that. Let's all say that again. You reap what you, yeah. What we let into our lives eventually becomes the fruit of our lives. So I want to go back to that opening question. Why is changing so hard? Why is it so hard I don't like the pain in my life. I don't like the fact that my relationships aren't healthy. I don't like the fact that my credit cards are maxed. I don't like the fact that I'm anxious. I don't like the fact that I'm angry. I don't like the fact that I hate my job. Whatever it is for you, whatever it is for you. Yet why isn't the pain of those things enough to make changes? And I wanna, I wanna give you one more really important point as we start today, and here it is. 
I'm always feeding something. I want us to say that actually, ready? I'm always feeding something. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, what you eating? Let's go. What are you eating? Yeah. I'm always feeding something. And so I was trying to think of what's the best way to illustrate this idea that I'm always filling myself. And that I, in fact, because I'm always filling myself, I'm always in the process of forming myself. And so I thought, man, what would be the best way of, of describing this? Because we need to make some effort. We got it. This series is about making every effort. And I think that sometimes we need to remember where the effort needs to go. And I was thinking, you know what? Football. I just like football. I, I talked about football last week a little bit in, in the other service, but I just think that an easy, a lazy boy recliner you know, with the feet propped up here is the perfect illustration. And I'll explain why, because I'm going to pretend this is my remote. And ladies, I want to help. I want to help marriages for a minute. <laughs> this is the natural state of your husband. This is him in, in his wild habitat. I just need you to know that <laughs> the men should be cheering. Right? So, so if you catch him in this relaxed place, with the, you know, hot Cheetos and the remote and his beverage of choice. I just need you to know, this is him in his natural state. This is where he, this is where he finds rest. This is where he finds that equilibrium of life, right? In fact, they've done some new archaeological discoveries. I don't know if you heard about this, but do you remember, you know, the, the prehistoric cave drawings they found where there was the hunter scenes and the animals? They found a new room, and in the new room, there are a whole bunch of cavemen, and they're in Lazy Boys. They had them. It's our natural state. This is where we belong. Now, why, why is this the illustration? Because, church, let me say something to you. We crave comfort, and we evade effort. We love the Lazy Boy. This is our natural state. Now, there's going to be things in life that happen that bother me and it's, it's going to irritate me. I'm going to get upset about it. I'm going to talk to my friends about it. I'm going to get a therapist to talk to me about it. But truth, the push comes to shove. I crave comfort. And a lot of times I'm unwilling to take seriously what I'm filling myself with. Because what happens when I'm craving comfort is I reach for the flaming Hot Cheetos and I pop them in. And pretty soon, a couple hours have gone by and my hands are all red. <laughs> and I've just been sitting here and I've been feeding myself. I've been feasting on a whole lot of empty calories. And what I feed on eventually forms me. What I'm filled on forms me. See, I think a lot of us aren't thinking about what's filling us. Let me ask you a question, church, and I really want you to think about this. What are you feeding yourself, really? Like, what are you really letting in to your life? Because you're always feeding something. You know, we allow ourselves so many things that we're just passive, passively allowing in. It could be that you started, you know, watching your favorite show or your favorite, you know, movie and, and there's this sex scene on there and that kind of triggers something. And then the next day, you know, you're kind of browsing and there's a, you know, a little link or a, a tempting click and pretty soon, you know, you're starting to become filled with lust. And over time, that lust 
deforms the inner person. Or it could be that you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're hurt by something that happens, something that's unfair. And that, that what started as, as a kind of an injustice, it gets you angry, but the anger turns to resentment over time and resentment turns to hatred. What fills you forms you and what's filled you is anger. What's filled you is resentment. As it's festered, it's begin to deform you. Or it could be that you grew up poor and you grew up in a situation with financial insecurity growing up and, and that, that, that shaped you and that shaped your relationship with money. And what's happened now is instead of having a healthy, God is my provider attitude, right? What instead is there is I'm filled with anxiety when it comes to money. And I think money is my protector and my provider. Money's gonna keep me safe. And so I have this unhealthy relationship. Guys, what fills me forms me. And if what fills me is anxiety about my income, if what fills me is anxiety about money, then what I'm always going to be thinking about is how can I have more? How can I keep myself safe? And guys, we could play this on and on and on and on. When I look at my credit card statement and my credit card is maxed out, friend, that is a symptom of a bigger problem. The problem isn't that you need a budget, although that would be part of it. The problem is that you need to become the kind of person who doesn't use shopping as a solution to an inner turmoil that you're trying to fix. Because guys, when I'm hurting, I buy stuff, I smoke stuff, I watch stuff, I click on stuff, I do all kinds of stuff because I'm trying to numb the pain that Jesus is trying to bring some, some freedom into my life. But instead of being filled with Jesus, I'm being filled with anxiety and anger and resentment and fear and hatred. And so I'm in this place. And I'm not being careful with what I'm feeling myself it, because, you know, back to the comfort thing, I crave comfort and I'm not really thinking about the effort that it would really take to walk out my faith. I, I think about this story in the Bible. It's a, it's a tragic story in the, in the book of 2 Samuel. We're not going to teach on it today, but this is a tragic story of, a, of one of David's sons. David is the king of Israel. He's God's anointed. He's walking with God. He made some poor choices in his life, but one of his sons who, is, who had it all, his name was Absalom, he was this, this, this beautiful man. I mean, the text says it. It's like, wow, this guy was beautiful. And he was, he was the prince. He had everything he could want, everything at his disposal. And some injustice happens to his sister. And as a result of that injustice to his sister, he begins to be angry and to be, be, begins to let anger and resentment di distort the young man's heart. And you can, it's played out over about six chapters in the book of 2 Samuel, but this man goes from this, this prince, this beautiful man who has everything to live for and every way to, way to go, and he has the entire like, future ahead of him, and he deforms into a conniving betrayer of his own father and leads a civil war against David himself. Talk about this terrible arc, uh, uh, the story arc of a man who goes from what could have been to this terrible, terrible mess that he became. He ends up hung up in a tree by his beautiful hair and dies in, that, in, in a most disgraceful way. Guys, let me say something to you. This doesn't have to be us. Guys, this is where the effort comes. 
Let me tell you right now, if you're walking into church and you're like, you know what? I feel like my heart's filled with all kinds of things. It, it really, now that we're talking about it, I'm being real. I understand. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of lust. There's a lot of just, just you know, all the, the list of things we talked about here. There's a lot of, man, it's creating tension in my marriage. I'm, I'm trying to demand things from my spouse that are not possible for a human to give to me. I'm, I'm maxing out my credit cards. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, buy my way out of my pain. Guys, no matter what state you came to church, can I give you some good news this morning? There's a way out. And he's, his name is Jesus. But this is where the effort's gonna be, guys. Here's our goal. Our goal isn't to stay an apple tree and every time we produce apples to get mad. Uh, and, and like, how can I stop producing apples? Can I just like tape some oranges on? And, and that's the fruit I want. No, guys, if you're producing fruit that you're not happy with, the goal isn't to try to force the fruit to change. The goal is to become a different kind of tree. Can I get amen there? So that the fruit that's produced is the natural fruit from that kind of tree. Guys, my goal isn't to stop looking at pornography. My goal is to become the kind of man who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. And pornography is not something I even want in my life. It's not this white knuckled willpower. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that. It's I'm actually hungry for something totally opposite to that. That's worth amening today, guys. That's a celebration point because that's the transformation that Jesus offers us. Look what he says in Matthew chapter five. These are the words of our savior, Jesus. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be, let's all say it, filled. Can we all say that again? For they will be what? Filled. What's filling you? What's filling you? Let me give you a vision of what could fill you this morning. Galatians chapter five, look at this. But the fruit of the spirit, let's all say these words, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, what if that was your life? What if you were filled with love instead of hatred? What if you were filled with peace instead of anxiety? What if you were filled with self-control instead of impulse problems, right? What if, what if you were filled with this idea that, you know what? I'm at peace here. God's got this. I might be going into a situation where I'm not sure the outcome and I've got a boss that if I could, I'd fire him, but I can't because I'm not on that high of the org chart, you know, but I'm going to walk into that, that job tomorrow filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. The text goes on. It says, those who belong to Christ, and I hope that's you. I hope that's every person here have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Guys, let me tell you a truth today. I can't change anybody else, but I can influence them. I can't make anybody else behave differently tomorrow, but I can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit influence those around me. The truth of the matter is you might be in a tough marriage, a tough situation. You might have things that you feel like are totally out of your control, but don't dismiss the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life if you choose to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. What's filling you today? Truly, What's, what's, what's in your life? You know, I, I, was, I was messing around. I was watching a lot, of the, a lot of our younger generation, you know, and they, and they just like pop these earbuds in all day, you know? Because 
And these are like noise canceling ones. So like right now, everybody's quiet. It's kind of nice. And you, you, <laughs> I can't even hear you laughing at me. Um, and you, you know, you, you walk up to someone and they got these earbuds in and you just, you wonder, can you hear me? Hello? <laughs> they could be working somewhere. Like, hi, can I buy a coffee? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but it's literally like a picture of this sermon. Like I'm always feeding something. Like I can have earbuds in and literally no matter where I'm at, whatever's on that iPhone, whatever is, or that Android, if you're so sad that you have an Android, whatever's on that phone though, right? It's piping, whatever you're letting in. And that's what I'm saying, guys. We're on the couch. We're passive. And it's just, it's just constantly filling us. Guys, that's the issue today. We are not being active in what's filling us. We're letting the enemy decide what goes in. No wonder we're formed in the way we don't want to be. No wonder the fruit of our life isn't the way it should be because we're not being filled by the spirit. We're being filled by all the things of the flesh. So here it is. If you have your Bible, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5. My last text, this is powerful because here's some real hope for everybody in the room. Look at what Paul says, Ephesians chapter five. If you don't have your Bible, I want you to tattoo this thing on your arm and tonight go home and write this all in your, because I want you to not miss this. Look what Paul says. It's almost as if he is speaking directly to this issue this morning. And he says this, be careful, be very careful with what you're feeding yourself. Look, he said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. It goes on, he says, do not be drunk or don't drink wine. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. As Michelle preached, she was preaching this morning, as she was talking about this text, What's controlling you? And the text is saying, look, don't let wine be the thing controlling you. Don't let alcohol control you. It's not necessarily an indictment against alcohol. It's an indictment against anything that will control your life. This could be video games. This could be other people's opinion. This could be um, your worry about the future. Here's the deal, guys. What's filling you? What is? What are you feeding yourself? That's the question. And what Paul says in this text is, don't let wine control you. Instead, let the Holy Spirit control you. Can I get a little more on that? I'm going to say that one more time. Don't let wine control you. Instead, let the Holy Spirit control you. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Be filled with the Holy Spirit because what fills you, what? Forms you. Then look what he says. And this I hope you never forget because what I'm going to break down for you, every time we gather as a church, I want this text in your mind because this is powerful. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But in the very next verse, he actually tells you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't connect this. Paul is going to explain how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Look what he says. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Speaking to, next one, yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In fact, in English language here and a little, uh, little grammar 
These are all participles. In fact, they could be all translated with the ing, but they're not in this text, but they could be. Flip back to verse 19, show you, I'll show you it again. This is how you could, you could hear it. Speaking, singing, making, giving thanks, and submitting. The INGs, here they are. Let me explain how this works. You come to church on Sunday and you're like, Lord, there's a whole lot of worldly out there that's trying to fill me up, but I'm trying to follow Jesus. And I'm, I'm here to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm gonna get to church. Go back to 19 for me. And I'm gonna speak to one another at church about Jesus. And I'm gonna speak the truth of the Psalms and the spiritual songs and the hymns. I'm gonna start speaking lyrics to each other. And then when we worship, when this saint of God that leads us in worship, we are gonna sing, guys, and we are gonna sing. Are you with me today? We are gonna sing to the Lord because he is worthy. And we're gonna make music. <laughs> I don't know what your music's gonna sound like, but you're gonna make some. Are you with me? Right? This is the thing, friend. You're gonna to come to church and you're gonna come with the expectation. I'm showing up to be filled by the spirit because I don't want anything else filling me because what fills me forms me. So I'm coming with this expectation. I'm gonna to sing to my brothers and sisters. We're gonna sing about Jesus. Then we're gonna be giving thanks to Jesus for all that he's done. And then I'm gonna be submitting to each other. I'm not gonna come here to get my own way. I'm gonna to submit to those around me. I'm, I'm gonna be the person who washes the other person's feet. I'm gonna follow the example of Jesus. Guys, what if every time we gathered at church, we had the expectation, I'm here to be filled with the Spirit of God. I'm here to worship Jesus without any pretense, without any, without any worry about what people think. I'm here to just declare that I belong to King Jesus and I'm gonna be filled up with the Spirit so that when I go back out to my job tomorrow, it might be the most toxic environment on the planet Earth, but I'm not gonna let the darkness win. I'm bringing some light into that darkness, right? Because greater is he that is in me that is in this world. So I'm not gonna compare be complicit with the gossip and the, and the lust and all the stuff happening at my job site. Instead of joining them, they're going to be joining me because I'm going to be an agent for the King of Kings wherever I go. That's who I am. And that's what I'm filled by. That's my attitude going in. Maybe your marriage needs this. What would happen to a marriage if you were spirit filled? What would happen to the way you respond to your spouse if you were spirit-filled? What would happen when you feel that temptation to buy something to make you feel better? If you, instead of having that ache or that desire, what if you just were filled up with the spirit and you understood contentment with what you already have? Can we stand together? And I wanna give you a little, a little graph, because I like graphs. And <laughs> then we're gonna practice this sermon. So here's my effort. Here's my effort, church. Man, I hope you get this today. My effort is to be filled by the Spirit. Here's what this means. I'm not leaving this prayer until I'm filled, Lord. I'm not leaving this worship service 
until I'm filled, Lord. God, I just had a little moment where I was distracted. Bring me back because I'm here to be filled. So I'm focused until I'm filled. Are you with me? I am focused until I'm filled. God, I've come to be filled. I am thirsty for the living water. I'm hungry for the bread of heaven. So I am focused on being filled because what fills me forms me. That's so critical. So step two, I'm filled by the spirit that produces the fruit of the spirit. And over time, here it is, that produces the transformation of the spirit. So why is it so hard to change? Why? Because we're sitting in the lazy boy and we're not following the spirit. So what are you gonna do, church? You've been given everything you need in Christ for a godly life. You got all the power you need. You can walk out of that depression and anxiety. You can walk out of all that struggle that you're facing with and you can say, I'm not letting the devil kick my butt anymore. I'm gonna be filled with the spirit. The devil's gonna know I showed up because it's not Brad anymore, it's Christ in me. And he trembles when Jesus enters the room. Come on church, so here it is, make every effort to be filled with the Spirit. We're gonna, we're gonna sing, we're gonna be filled with the Spirit right now. I'm gonna ask some of you this morning, guys, if you could just kind of bow your heads and kind of maybe stretch out your arm in a, in a moment of prayer. Some of you right now need to confess some sin. I'm gonna just be real with you. Some of you right now have been filled with sin and it's time to be done with it. And so you need to unlock God's power in your life right now by confessing some sin. Guys, we're gonna have a prayer team up. Maybe you came to church with your buddy, uh, and, a friend that you could pray with, guys. The Bible tells us to confess to one another. So I wanna invite you right now. Maybe you're with your spouse, a friend, you wanna come to the prayer team, but you might just say, you know what? There's been way, there's way too much lust in this heart. I've been filled with it and I'm done with it. Right now, I confess it to Jesus. I'm gonna invite you all over the room to respond however you, maybe there's anxiety that's just running crazy. Your mind gets triggered and you just end up in, in this place, in this dark place. And you're like, Lord, I wanna confess that every time I worry, it's me not living out in faith. I'm, I'm thinking that somehow I need to control the future. When you control the future, I'm confessing that worry to you right now. And so whatever your need is, church, let's get it done. Let's confess. Let's open up our hearts so that we can be filled by the Spirit.